Hey, this is Ali. And this is Cardi. And welcome to season two of Creative Corporates, where we are sharing our conversations with our community members who are leveraging their experience to carve out their own path. Today, we are joined by Max Evans, lawyer by day, fashionista all day. Max, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Hi, uh, Ali. Hi, Cardi. How are you going? Very well, thank you. And so good to have you. We've been long-time followers, particularly during this lockdown when we're looking for a little bit of outfit inspiration. Uh, a far cry from my everyday active wear and maybe if I'm feeling great, like some comfortable trackies. Um, but Max, really keen to give you the space to really introduce yourself. What do you do um, and what have you been up to lately? Well, thank you. So my name is Max and uh, by profession, I'm a corporate lawyer. So I work in the M&A technology and privacy space. Um, and on the side, I have a keen interest in fashion. So I run Instagram called Fashionable Adaptations, where the main focus of it is doing side-by-side photos with celebrities, um, where I own uh, the same outfits that they, they've got, um, and I basically take photos side-by-side with them and uh, give people a bit of a laugh. So in addition to that, I also do summaries, so based on you know what looks the celebrities have been going throughout the weeks. Um, I do Friday Fit Polls, where um, my followers pick out what I'm going to wear for the week um, and various other fun things. But it's all basically to do with fashion, being comfortable with whatever you want to wear and um, kind of you know, alleviating the lawyer image that I have going on. No, that's amazing. And I guess, you know, fashion, it's, you know, all of my Instagram, you know, there's always new things to really learn about and it's a great way to express yourself. But I'm always interested into hearing how people's love of fashion comes about. So where did yours start? Well, uh, mine came out really late compared to a lot of people. A lot of people have a fashion um, focus or a passion from when they're young. Mine really started late. So late university was where I really got into it. I'd love to see celebrities, Daniel Craig, you know, Conor McGregor, who's a UFC fighter, um, and how elegant they always looked. And the main thing that attracted me to fashion was uh, how people could exude confidence um, through their fashion. And I always really admired people who are able to use their looks to to show a sense of confidence and, and how people were attracted to people who dressed well. So that's how I really started off. And I originally started off with just a simple colourful polo, um, you know, with, with a logoed belt, and, and that was my look, and, and people started to really like it. And from there, the support just kept on growing, and I started to push the boundaries more and more and more to what – you know, society would deem as an acceptable fit. So I just went from colourful polos to colourful shirts to floral tracksuits. And uh, every time I kept on wearing them, you know, I pushed the boundary more, but the confidence that I had to, to pull it off meant that people started to get around it. So from that, it, it really flourished well into my professional life. So my passion in fashion went into uh, my current profession. So when I started off, um, I started to, again, adopt the same approach with kind of going from the colourful polo to the printed shirt um, and uh, stepping it up more and more and more and seeing what the reception in my firm was. Um, and from that, there was just you know, amazing support and uh, people were you know, supportive of my fashion experience and, and my passion. And, and from there, it's just, it, it really hasn't stopped. And, and to the point now where I search fashion on a daily, um, everything that I don't do that's law is fashion-centric. Um, and it's just a huge part of, of what I do. So I'm very appreciative for it. Yeah, and I think the the most important thing I notice is particularly when you're saying like that lawyer image, I think we all have a view of like that traditional lawyer, you know, the dark suits, very intimidating, 
you know, it's the idea of like, if I'm going to get into conversation with you, it's probably going to turn into an argument. And so I think what I love about this is you're basically showing to people you are approachable. You're someone, it says so much more about who you are. And particularly when you're dealing with, you know, such complex matters and obviously things that are of significance, the ability to sort of say, you know, I might take what I do seriously, but I don't have to take myself seriously. I think that's really important for people, particularly young people when they start to enter the profession, you know, um, you've almost, you're trying to cultivate this image that's so perfect um, to to build that authority. And so I, I absolutely love what you're doing, but I could imagine then it's not just, you know, the casual Fridays that we may have missed you know, now that you don't have that in lockdown. So how did that happen then when you weren't able to showcase, you know, the wonderful things that you purchased? Um, well, it's obviously, uh, it wasn't, it was kind of a, a, a very important point in in, in, the, in the fashion journey as the start of the first lockdown when I wasn't able to wear those Friday outfits to get good use out of them. But also I missed the outlet of showing my coworkers what I was wearing, getting their input in the Friday outfits and that real connection that, uh, fashion brings uh, to my personal brand. So when lockdown hit the first time in 2020, uh, I created fashionable adaptations, which was you know something, and I think this is something which which um, I've had throughout my life. You know, it's kind of one of those steps where you you really think you get nervous about potentially taking that step because you're putting yourself out there. It's public; anyone can see it. Anyone can search my name and really find out what ruckus I'm getting up to. So. I created fashionable adaptations and you know, the main goal was to get that connection back with my coworkers, but also to connect with others through fashion. And uh, a lot of people were going through some struggles in the first lockdown. Um, and I really just want to give people an outlet to have a smile, have a laugh, forget about whatever's going on in their day and really just look at what ridiculous thing I'm wearing for five or 10 seconds. So um, that's how I was able to, to get used to the outfits and look at it's, it's been an amazing success. I'm very, very happy that, that COVID's happened because it's it's flourished this, this really important part of my life. Yeah, awesome. And so tell me, how have you gotten to the stage where you're comfortable in, you know, presenting and, and wearing your, you know, whole range of colourful clothing in a law firm? What has gotten you to a stage to be comfortable? Do you have a particular mindset or approach in mind? Well, the the main approach I have is is the so what approach, or you know, I, I don't like to swear, but it's there's an F word with it kind of approach. Um, it's it's just looking out there and being like, what's the worst that can happen with with this? Throughout university, throughout my career, um, and it's only been three or four short years. There's a lot of pressures on young people, and there's times where you kind of you, you don't want to fit into a certain box, but you also don't want to to push the boundaries. And saying so what. And really thinking what's the worst that can happen um, has really aligned me to be able to push those kind of boundaries. And whether it's, you know, going into a, uh, an international law firm, um, you know, with, with eyes on you or, you know, the pressures of working in a, in a tough profession, um, or it's just simply wearing a colourful shirt, which somebody might look at and think, I really like that or I really hate that. It's all just hang, saying, so what, and, and kind of moving forward with it. So, by doing that, I was really able to, to to put my fashion in perspective and go, hang on, when I'm walking past someone, they might notice me for five seconds, but hang on, if they like it, they like it. If they don't, then it doesn't really matter because I'm comfortable wearing what I'm wearing. So that was a mindset which really made made it known, um, you know, my fashion goals. But 
Also, I, I think that the most important mindset that I have is if you have confidence in what you wear or in anything that you're doing, you can pull it off. Um, so many looks I've had, I look back on them like those are absolutely awful outfits. Like, what was I doing there? You know, I look ridiculous. Like some of the outfits I do, I look like um, I'm a young up-and-coming rapper as opposed to a lawyer. But it doesn't really matter because at the time, I had the confidence to pull them off. And people really like that. When they see someone, again, it goes back to what I was saying before about the celebrities, you know. Once you have the confidence to do something and you really have conviction in it, regardless of how successful that actually is, the, the confidence really brings that, that flat that out, that out. So having the so what um, attitude, but also linking that with, you know, just be a bit confident in it, see where it takes you is, is really important mindsets, which I've employed in my, um, in, in bringing that into a law firm. And, and funnily enough, once you're able to do that, um, people really, yeah, people really get around and support you. Yeah, awesome. Because look, I've loved the variety that you've got and just your engagement, your enthusiasm is just so awesome. Like the fact that you've even been able to juggle producing so much content so quickly um, and being able to engage with everyone. I mean, how have you managed your time in that regard to make it all possible? I think that when something's a passion um, of yours, whatever it is, and this is why I encourage people, no matter what passion they have, you know, how silly it may sound to pursue it, um, is because when it's a passion, it doesn't really feel like a chore when you're trying to find time to, to fit it in. Obviously, we, we all work um, quite, you know, high stress um, positions. And I just think that because it's a passion of mine, which is so separate from the law, but also um, it's very different. It, it's a creative aspect, whereas law is quite an analytical aspect. It brings a different, you know, half of your brain out. And I think that the way that I've been able to do it is really see that kind of side and that passion as being a good thing and as more therapeutic than than, than uh, a chore. So I've just kind of filled it in and made it part of me where I said my law is the profession, but but when I have a break or when I'm you know late at night or whatever, thinking and putting an outfit together has really given me um, some peace of mind. But also it's just a time which I've been diligent in, 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 in putting together. So I think I'm not this kind of person who has a Monday upload schedule or a Thursday upload schedule, nor do I really have anything negative to say about that. I just, it's just a part of me that I've made, um, you know, very common and, and now it's just, it just happens free flow. So yeah, that's my kind of approach with it. And I think what I really love about that, Max, is it's, it's doing something that you're passionate about when you're working those hours and, and on those highly stressful matters, you're giving yourself a chance to re-energize. And we speak a lot um, to a lot of people on this through this podcast. And there's really been a focus in lockdown of that whole idea of you're only working and therefore you're burning yourself out because you're going, well, I'm someone who's a high performer and I'm just going to make the best use of this time and I'm going to make sure like every spare moment like I'm going to use all these extra hours to work and then you know when things get good maybe I'll take a break and then the break never comes right so people kind of on this train and so why it's important I think to create space for this in your life is because in order for you to be great at what you do, you need to be able to manage what it is you as a person. So that's just your well-being and and working on things that give you energy as well. If you think about, for example, that benefit, how have you seen that perhaps be different? You know, you obviously speak to a lot of people as well in where people haven't done that. Well, I, I suppose, and that's an amazing point that you make, Ali, because we live in kind of, 
especially in young people, we look up to these people um, and, and I don't want to name names, but very popular individuals who talk about, you know, you only need five hours of sleep a night and you just need to work and keep on working. Hustle culture. Exactly. Hustle culture is is 100% right. You know, we're all, again, we're all trying to raise the bar and grind out. And I think what people really don't put an emphasis on is the importance of having other aspects in your life, those outlets mine's fashion but there's other stuff you know you've got to put it you've got to get you know your exercise in you've got to just you know have other aspects of your life because otherwise when you put it all into that it's going to lead to inevitable um you know uh gas out or you know going to burn out really really quick so um in terms of people i've spoken to there's you know there's lots of professionals that i've spoken to who um have gone to that mode where and and i've been um you know completely guilty of it myself um, for periods of my life where you just work, you just study, and you don't focus on other aspects of your life. And it means when you get to the end of whatever you're getting to, whether it's people at university who've just gone through a semester or people who have gone through just a big matter at work, you don't really have a, you don't have that sense of achievement because you haven't balanced it with other aspects of your life, but but B, you're so gassed and, and the energy isn't there. So I think it's so important to, to to really have those aspects to you. Yeah, so I can hear that obviously there's a range of different things that you've done to maintain, I guess, your creativity to have an outlet just outside of the nine to five, which maybe isn't a nine to five. And one of the things that pretty much sticks with you is that you are creating your own personal brand. And so people are associating you as I'm not sure, you know, could be the fashion lawyer. Um, And it's a great way to actually spark conversation, you know, to break the ice when you're having conversations because people know that you've got an interest outside of work. How have you found that to actually be beneficial for your corporate job? Well, I mean, I think it's a great question. I think with with professional life, and and this is going forward with with all young people, um, it's so competitive in most professions out there and a lot of what we're taught again is that health culture of you get good marks and and that's that's the most important thing and that's the only thing and the reality is when I started to apply for for legal positions at big law firms I started to realize everyone has good marks and the people that were getting jobs were people who have other passions and other important things to them you know and so when I started to do that, I looked back on my university life uh, and I studied very hard. I was fortunate enough to get first class honours and, and get everything I wanted in, in, in my degree, but I didn't go to social events and I didn't go and, and do other aspects of that. And I looked at it and went, holy moly, like, what have I done? Like, I'm happy that I got my marks, but there's more to life than just good marks or, or that that type of stuff. And so... When I got into to law and I started to embrace that fashion side, it was really critical because it was a differentiating factor for me. Um, and, you know, I saw people in law firms, whether they were, you know, the guy who is really into watches or the guy who's really into um, reality TV shows or something like that. It was a connecting point for a lot of my colleagues. Um, and it meant that I was more um, personable to people, no matter what the level was. Um, if it was a legal secretary, it didn't really matter. If it was a partner, it didn't really matter. The same conversations were happening. It was, you know, what things have you bought recently? What's the Friday outfit going to be? And that was really critical because it just meant, um, you know, I was able to have conversations with anyone. And I think the the key thing with that is that 
um, people who didn't even meet me knew I was uh, the guy who dressed up on Friday. So it kind of meant that people who wanted to bring that icebreaker in would just come in and say, hey, you're the guy. And it would just mean that I was able to connect with a lot of people. And so it, w- it was absolutely fantastic for me. And I, was, I think it's just that differentiating factor meant I was able to connect with people um, much easier than I otherwise would have been. And also uh, from a personal brand perspective, um, it meant that I wasn't just a lawyer. And, and people didn't relate to me as just a lawyer. It was more so he's a lawyer, but he's also a kind of a fashionista or an average one. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like that's what we've got to do with anyone in any profession. You've got to work out what's your unique selling point to let you stand out, whether it's for an interview, whether it's for you know a grad role, whether it's you're getting a new job. It's something that lets it stick with the person that's interviewing you so that you can break the ice and really just stand out from the crowd outside of what is now expected as, you know, as we know for you, first class honours of law. Absolutely. So I have some quick Vogue style questions now that we are on the topic of fashion. So Max, I obviously have my view, but I'm keen to hear from you. What is your absolute all-time favourite look? Um, if I'm going to jump in quickly, I would definitely say the Daniel Craig, James Bond ones, killer. Also the Shakira ones, excellent. Like could make that my wallpaper. <laughs> but in terms of like what was the mo- like absolute favourite one to do? I, I think you've hit the nail on the head with the Daniel Craig one. Anytime you can match up to someone as suave and handsome as, as he is, I mean, He's an absolute god. Uh, I think you're doing something all right. Um, but the second favourite one that I've really done is, and the one that really hit it off was, I did a side-by-side with a, a floral tracksuit with a, um, a fighter called Dylan Danish. It, it was kind of a breaking point for me because um, my father took it on a night where I was on a big litigation matter um, and I was working till probably 12 or 1 and um, my dad didn't really know what fashion what fashion adaptations was um and uh he took the photo i shared it overnight um went to nine hundred thousand followers from dylan's profile and um and i told dad how many people saw the photo which i think was probably around i think on my story probably around like let's just say 250k and just showing him and seeing his face was um, ridiculous but also it was just it was kind of breaking point in, in fashion i think that that's the most one of the most out there outfits I've got and the fact that it was shared was was fantastic so I think because of the testament to to getting shared by someone else um I think that's my favorite look amazing yeah definitely for sure like like slightly closer to fame than before and I'm sure that's not I don't think I've ever had that many people view my story um so a little bit jealous there okay next one most daring look oh I mean that one's got to be I, I did a, a set um, which had a, a flag on it, an American flag denim set um, from Calvin Klein with uh, the guy who's now the creative de- director of Prada called um, Raf Simmons. And ASAP Rocky was the person I went up against. And that was the one which was, I mean, anytime you go up against a guy like him, who's just able to, he's oh, just able to give that, that cool chilled look, you know, that's a daring outfit. Uh, and so I was lucky enough to do that one at, Let's just say in average way, um, but but definitely it was the hardest one I had to pull off, especially because I had to pull um, a, a gang sign or a rapping sign with it. And, uh, yeah, I, let's just say I didn't do the great, greatest job at pulling that one out. Yeah, but, again, confidence is dominance, so it's all about what you can bring, you know. How did you bring that out in your look, in your unique way? Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit more in a second around, like, 
the ultimate question, which is like, how do you actually make a platform like yours work? And obviously you're working with high-end brands, but okay, if you were to think completely unconstrained, money is no object, what would be the ultimate outfit that you go like if I could wear that like I have made it does it exist does it even exist I don't the thing is I I don't think it does I think that there's so many outfits you can choose from and there's always the next outfit the next best thing you want I look at things online I say I have to have that thing and I suppose that that's always a good thing with fashion and it doesn't really matter what what the price point is there's always that type of stuff um and I think it's really that that type of stuff is evident with with all the fashion trends that come up in movies like if you think about um the the sweater that Chris Evans wore in Knives Out that literally changed the game for Aaron sweaters for those who don't know uh Chris Evans wore a, a knitted jumper which probably hasn't been worn since the 1930s but he pulled it off and uh, and it's been the most popular thing. It's been sold out for about three or four years. So, but I, I think that's that's one of them. I think that there was also, there was a look which um, Conor McGregor did way back in the day, which was a uh, some white jeans with a silk Versace shirt. And I was fortunate enough to actually pick up a couple of them. And I think that that look of just simple jeans with a silk shirt, it's just, it always brings that, you know, you're made of gold type of moment to me. So I think that if I could if I could recreate one of them again, I'd, I'd go for it. Amazing. So keen to see the day where we get that and we'll have to reshare that as well to our not quite as many followers, but, you know, we're loyal. We're loyal. Um, so obviously these are highly sought-after pieces and I imagine in the fashion world there's this element of collection. I think about, for example, what we've read around global supply chains, particularly in Australia, where it's quite difficult to get these outfits. So is there like this secret network of fashionistas that you all connect and trade? How does how does that work if you can let our listeners in to just, just a little whiff of, of what it's like to be in the fashion world, high fashion world? <laughs> well, um, there is kind of a, a somewhat a network. It's not so secret. I, I suppose I connected with a lot of people by sharing my photos through the Instagram. And, you know, one person I met led me to another person and a lot of it happens on the second-hand market. So, um, and it does, often doesn't happen on, on, on platforms and, and items like that. It's just through through chats. But but that was really important because, you know, you connect with people all around the world, whether it's through Instagram or whether it's through, you know, I know a lot of people use WeChat or WhatsApp. Um, and, and I was able to connect with kind of people who had different pieces that I want, do swaps and, and resell stuff. Um, I also think that getting um, into some loyalty programs from some high-end stores. So there's certain stores around there that have really, really good loyalty programs. Once you spend over, you know, grand or two grand, they send you heaps of discount codes and you're able to work that out. So once I was able to kind of penetrate both um, the, the loyalty programs, but also go through friends, it, it was really important. And I think that what I've done um, with my fashion is when I look to um, buy a high-end piece, um, I don't think it's a sensible choice at our age to spend copious amounts of savings on that one shirt that you might wear you know twice or three times um and nor do I think it's it's good because at the end of the day everyone at our age is hustling we all don't have the money to afford these outfits these celebrities wearing um and everyone else knows it um but what I've really liked is is engaging in that whole resale market so what I do is I will buy clothes that I like and potentially sell them off for a profit. But also when I'm looking towards something that I want, I'll sell a portion of my wardrobe to get the money up from that item. 
And when that that item no longer becomes something that's going to be in my wardrobe, I flip it to those people in my network. And so it means that I'm not able to dip into my savings, but also I'm able to consistently get up the funds I need to get that item. Um, you know, so so that's been crucial for me, and it's something which it takes a lot of time to do. It practice more time than um, running fashionable adaptations, but um, but it, it's worth it to to get those outfits. So what really excites me though is you mentioned that one of the ways that you've been able to source your clothes is by networking with others that you've actually met through starting your platform. Because that's something that we've chatted about before, which is that you don't have to know everyone straight away. A lot of it is that you learn along the way and you learn the little tricks. Um, Once people can see that you're genuinely interested in learning more and so your outcome is just such a perfect example of what happens when you are consistent and when you do show enthusiasm on your platform, you do get the engagement. And so people want to help you on your journey as well. Mm, absolutely, 100%. And the good thing about um, fashion adaptations is it gives people a chance to see what the item looks like on a person. Mm. And so when I picture it upside, because a lot of people have the same mentality as me, they see it on a celebrity and they go, I want that, which is what a lot of us think. We see, you know, someone at the Met Gala and they're like, I want that dress. Or you see someone in a movie and you're like, I want that item. And so by putting it side by side, it's able to give people a bit of an, a, a, a vibe like, hang on, when I bought that item, I want to look like that person and I think I can do it. So it not only does it inspire confidence in, in people that want to buy some items from me to buy that item, it also inspires them the confidence to be able to pull that off. So the funny thing is I've, I've got a lot of people who I sell items to and I say, I will give you this item at a discount or I'll give this item to you at, at a really, really good price. Most important thing you've got to do is send me a photo of you wearing it and I'll share it on, on my platform because you, know, you buy an item like this you have the confidence and, and you get out of your comfort zone and, and you post that photo up. So it also, it's really, really good at networking because I've met a lot of great people doing it, but also I really, I think that I've helped a lot of really, really great people push those boundaries of what they want to wear. You've got to pay it forward. We love it. Absolutely. And I think that the, those are such important messages for young people to hear. The whole idea of firstly, yes, you can pull this stuff off, but you should still be responsible I'm pretty sure that's my little mum hat on now I'm just going to take that off but it's also around that confidence you know the so what it's the it's it's so much more than the clothes that you wear it's also the energy that you bring to show up in life particularly if you want to have a big and audacious life you've got to have that thick skin not everyone's going to love the outfits that you wear. Like look at how much, you know, you look at the Met Gala as an example, the rate or hate on those outfits is ridiculous, right? Everyone's got an opinion under the sun. You know, you walk into a hairdresser's, it's like the chat of the day. But what's most important is like, despite that, you've got to be like, well, what do I like? And that is good enough. And when I show up and I enjoy it, That's the most important thing for me. And that's what I really want our listeners to take away from this podcast. But in terms of, I guess, anything else you'd like to add for people who are starting their journey, might start with that one purchase, might see, you know, maybe it's just dolling up for the day now that lockdown is finally over in New South Wales um, that you'd like to share before we wrap up. Well, I I think the the so what's really important, Um, but I also think Having putting effort in is, is really important. I think the confidence is also is crucial. Um, you know, despite what you feel, it might be a bit. You know, putting yourself out there, you might feel a bit nervy. 
have faith in yourself to, to pull that fit off. Um, but also one of the things I, I really tell people when they're talking about talking about fashion with them is effort is really, really key. No one hates really on anyone that puts on effort in how they look. So when young people are looking or you know, listeners out there are looking and they're saying, you know, I might just put on this one shirt or whatever, by putting effort into it, that's what really matters. It shows a passion. It shows you've thought out um, a certain outfit. That's what's really crucial. But I think You've touched on it before, Ali, the, the so what is really, really crucial. We as young people are told to care what every little person thinks. On social media, you care about the one person that doesn't like your outfit as opposed to the 50,000 people that are probably saying it's great. Um, you care when you go into, you know, whether you're in school, you care about that one person who, you know, doesn't like you rather than the 50,000 people that you that, that do like you. And I think Saying so what in, in, in my fashion uh, journey has been super important because at the end of the day, once you think about so what and what's the worst thing that can happen, it's just a message which can help you not only in fashion but in, in, in other aspects of your life because the reality of it um, is that once you're able to really focus on what you want to do and what makes you you and really pursue that, your ability to focus on other people, you just don't really do it anymore and you're able to be confident in yourself and it just means you're able to propel what you want to do forward and, and live kind of a life where you do what you want to do. Because at the end of the day, we don't live on this earth to make everyone else happy. We, we, we're, we're here to make ourselves happy. Um, and it's a bit of a selfish thing to say, um, but, but that's a really important thing is, is, is do what makes you happy. There is so much that I have learnt today. Honestly, I think you've nailed so many things. Look, what I hear from you, and let me let me summarize. I hear that you've made the most out of what's turned out to be pretty much a two-year pandemic um, and six months in lockdown by getting yourself together, putting yourself out online, and actually working out how to use technology and social media to your advantage so that you can maintain a social engagement platform and you've actually worked through the attitude that you need to have to get through and connect with people, which is your so what approach and set out a personal brand for yourself so that people can differentiate you from the rest of the crowd and actually talk to you like a normal human being because you've got a personality, you've got something that you're interested in and it makes you so much more appealing than the average lawyer when you're walking in your black and white corporate suit um, on your Friday afternoons, which you've spun around um, to make it a little bit more colourful. So I've loved that you've done that and there's many things that I'm going to take on on board. Was there anything else that you've learned from this one, Ali? I think we've summarised it so nicely. The key thing I really want to make sure is for those who want to get started or maybe looking for their next fashion inspiration now that they're maybe going out to restaurants, venturing back into the office, Max, where can they find you? So my uh, Instagram is Fashion Adaptations, so you can find me there. I love all kinds of fashion, so whether you're going out for dinner, as you said, or whether it's a big event, always happy to give my opinion on certain things. Um, and, uh, yeah, please feel free to tag me anything. And, and I have a, a, a fashionista of the week, which I like to do more often than not. So, you know, if you send me a fit pic of what you wear, um, chances are you'll get posted there. So you know, feel free to jump on and, and have some fun. And remember the confidence aspects. It's not just what you wear, but it's how you pull it off as well. 
Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Creative Corporates. We hope this has given you some inspiration. I know it has for us in this podcast to really just be bold and don't care so much about what people think. It's an important lesson that we can all take away. Make sure if you're not already to like and subscribe the podcast, the best way to do that is on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to give us a review. If you've got a friend in your network that perhaps you know, it's already a fashionista or is really looking for that extra confidence boost, make sure you share it with them as well. Thank you so much for tuning in and we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening. Bye.